This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I ran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space. Hey there, here we are again on the other side of Texas. Thanks for hanging out here on the other side of Texas and telling friends you hang out here as well with what has to be one of the fastest growing radio shows in all of the state of Texas and maybe beyond. You just have to look at those podcast numbers and figure that out. But I uh, want to thank you for tuning in. Being part of the program wouldn't be here without you. So some kudos your way. Jay West Texas Leeson, great show for you coming up. We've got the guy who started the original fight with the governor on pay to play. He's Lyle Larson out of San Antonio. Many of you who are following Regent Gate, which by the way, just a little heads up, we've changed the theme music. It was Monty Python, but we decided we'd go with something different with Rage with Regent Gate. Cue that up for us, Daniel. Yeah, some stones under my thumb. Little shout out to uh, John Sharp and Rick Perry. Maybe a guy named Daniel Hodge, whose name you'll grow to know. Maybe if you've read the pieces up there at the other side of Texas, you already have some familiarity with him. But here, no, that's enough. That's enough. Thank you. We're going to just stick with that. Uh, we are under the thumb. And it is uh, a mess at Tech. Morale at Tech is a mess. Uh, everybody asking what's going on, what's happening. We're trying to bring those answers and have a little bit of an update for you. As this edition of The Other Side of Texas rolls on, where we're broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running and there's a reason why stop into one of five convenient locations across this hub city for the best wash around that's racerwash.com you've got questions you've got comments you want to cry over heresy towards me your friend jay west texas leeson 806-745-5800 as we roll along here so i've taken some heat really surprised yesterday there's a thing i guess we learned this in journalism school but i guess it's a thing on the radio you don't bury the lead and what many people thought was the lead yesterday was the audio that we brought you allegedly apparently even though we've got people willing to go on record at this point saying that's a hundred percent i was there uh, that's Bart Rager. We're going to leave it in alleged mode until somebody comes out on record or officials at Rager Dykes once again validate that it's real. It just happened at a different time than we thought it was. Uh, I want to lead you with that because we do be remiss not just to touch on 
uh, Rager Gate for just a moment as we kick off the program. Brought you new audio uh, yesterday, and I just I want to tell you that the re- there's purpose beyond ratings. And if you guys, for you guys, that have been with me from the beginning. You know I'm not trying to go off and try to do the most spectacular. This is not Gallagher, comedian Gallagher, on the radio. I, I try to do things that I think are responsible. And let me tell you why I think it's important. Because on, I believe on Thursday, you're going to see some bankruptcy schedules come out. For those of you in West Texas listening throughout the region, you're going to see some bankruptcy schedules come out. And then you're going to see how much some folks have to lose here and I think it's going to be rather staggering when you see those things and so this is a story that will lose steam over time but I'm fairly confident we'll be talking about in August of 2019 and as you hear it you get first-hand accounts and I really appreciate sources who've trusted us to carry this and keep their anonymity which we have and we will continue to do uh, who've trusted us with this audio and I bring it to you to explain try to explain anyway the culture and you know the derivative the root derivative of culture is cult and I don't know how other how else to describe it other than a cult it's so far out of the mainstream I, I don't know, like, I can understand, you take extreme measures in sales meetings to get people motivated, but at what point does this not sound like somebody's either high on life or something otherwise? And I don't know what that is, but it sounds awfully cultish. If you miss a show, we're going to lead with it today, no longer bearing the lead. All these messages I've gotten. Why, why did you play that halfway in the show? Here it is now. Allegedly Bart Rager in a sales meeting talking about the kind of life that they live. Going to play you about a minute if you missed it yesterday. You know, we have a great life in the Rager Night Talker. You know, we are probably, I mean, the opportunity that we provide to people in the Rager Night Talker group is like no other. And the life that we live in the Rager Night Talker, that I live and the leaders of the Rager Night Talker live, are like no other. I mean, probably as good or better than anybody in the history of the world. I mean, we make a lot of money. I mean, we live in a town that's not very expensive, towns that aren't very expensive to live in. I mean, we got jets. I mean, we got Rolexes. I mean, we got million dollar houses. And I mean, we got, you know, good looking wives. I mean, we got a lot of good stuff. I mean, and. We have freedom, you know. I mean, it's nice to not have to get up right now. I mean, maybe at some point I may have to get up, fly to Europe and back and Europe, you know, I mean. Okay, so that's what we played for you yesterday. And I'm thinking that in, in perspective of what's coming this week and the jaws that may drop once the schedules are dropped, the bankruptcy schedules and... Uh, some folks may be thinking, oh, man, I need to change banks. Um, that audio runs about 28 minutes. I'm thinking very seriously about just playing the entire thing for you. It's all edited out. It's all FCC proof. And uh, let you hear for yourself for for context there. Might make uh, 
for some pretty decent radio but for two things again one it's what he just said speaks to the culture what he just allegedly said he bart rager allegedly said speaks to the culture of the company but he also goes on to talk about bankruptcies and how and the whole theme, the context is people know his name, they know Richard Branson's name, they know, I think he drops Einstein, maybe, uh, yeah, he does. He drops Einstein, Henry Ford, Jesus, Moses, and himself. But at one point he brings up Donald Trump, and I believe Branson as well, and talks about their bankruptcies and how they weren't ever concerned about Now, I don't know when this audio occurred. But it is pertinent right now that he believed that bankruptcy, I believe he says something along the lines of he allegedly said <laughs> that you that you still know these guys' names and Donald Trump, like worst case scenario, bad word, moms and dads with kids in the car. Uh, that he's really messed over some folks, but you still know his name. He messed over some folks through bankruptcy, and you still know his name. So that may come up in the next episode or two here on the program. Real quickly, want to touch base with you on Regent Gate and the work that we're doing and um, tell you that as of today, we have filed... One, two, three, four, five requests. A public records request under Texas law. And one, two, A&M to ask what has happened in the chancellor's office. And, uh, well, who is the tech, who is the A&M chancellor, officials within the A&M chancellor's office over the last three years have they made any contact with through phone call text message email texas tech board of regents uh former governor rick perry uh a guy named a guy whose name keeps on coming up in these background conversations i'm having is um tom duffy who used to work for uh the chancellor a&m in state government He's been called a henchman, kind of a ratchetman. Uh, some suppose that he helped organize a lot of this, as well as uh, former Governor Rick Perry. And then on the tech end, of the names that I just mentioned, have any boards of region, anybody on the Board of Regents reached out to them, made contact with them? We also, and this is just me being transparent, if groups in town want to try to scoop me on this, then you'll know where you heard it first. I want to know who was invited as guests in Chancellor Sharp's suite over the last two years, and were any of them regents at Texas Tech University. And I also, for reasons that I'll disclose later, I want to know the Chancellor of Texas Tech. Therefore, another two or three days bob duncan his travel schedule did it ever include college station and uh i can't go into that now because i've got the lead there and a pretty important story i think 
hangs out there so that's the work that's been done and i'll tell you what those uh those public records requests that's not an easy thing to do because you got to get it just right and you got to say it in just the right way and i appreciate all of those those few of you out there who've helped us with that and uh there's i just i want to say it really speaks to bob duncan and the kind of leader he was that you've got this kind of uprising underground uprising it's really impressive and i hope one day whenever i get crap canned that a lot of people go to bat for me like they have the chancellor that's what i know uh also know coming up things are just going to get better and better we've got lyle larson state representative and then the braddock audio we intended to bring you yesterday but hang with us here about 90 seconds from now right here other side of texas Hey, you know us. We're raving on here on the other side of Texas. This segment brought to you by our friends. Love these guys. Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. And I tell you what, you ever been in a house sale or buy situation? You need people who know where to who know what's going on these people know what's going on see how title one can be your realty consumer and lending needs meet all of those at title1.com what we do have with us let me let me second up set it up appropriately lubbock has gained over the past few days statewide attention uh, especially over the last week much owing to well-respected George McMahon, a host of Governor Greg Abbott's campaign event that was held last week. George McMahon, a very well-respected developer in Lubbock. I've never heard anybody say a curse word about George McMahon. I kind of aspire to that myself, though I think I'm well below it at this point. Uh, the governor's campaign, uh, he had given $10,000 in not only was the check sent back but he and his wife were disinvited from the campaign event and uh, the governor's people didn't much appreciate comments that in which McMahon had effectively said to be a border regent you have to pay to play give significant contributions to be a regent or appointed to other positions by the governor someone who has been standing on this issue and been the loudest on this issue for some time is state representative out of San Antonio, the lion of San Antonio, Lyle Larson. Lyle Larson, thank you for coming on the program. No, thanks for the invite. Well, we wanted to get you in here because I love making connections between what's going on statewide and what's going on locally. And and this just has blaring this is causation and correlation it's both of those things so just talk to us a little bit about the bill that you put up in the last session about pay to play and how you wanted to limit who's appointed in two texas government official positions and why 
Well, the governor called for comprehensive ethics reform, and he indicated uh, to the House and the Senate on January 31st on his uh, State of the State speech uh, that he wanted to clean up any any impropriety, both real or conceived. And I think everybody in Austin for the last three decades realized that the pay-for-play system uh, is in place. If you want to be a border agent, be on Parks and Wildlife or any prominent board appointed by any of the governors, not just Governor Abbott, but uh, uh, Governor Perry, he received $17 million from people that uh, received appointments, and Governor Bush and Governor Richards, they've all done it. And but So when there's a call for ethics reform, this is the one that should be front and center, because this is the one that people are eliminated from consideration for a border commission based on their wherewithal to, to make contributions uh, to campaigns for the governor. And so... And I, I took him for his word and, uh, and, and formulated a bill. Uh, basically, we're mirroring what you can give a federal candidate running for president, running for U.S. Senate or representatives. We, we capped it at $2,500. I think you can give him $2,750 now or something like that. And we were just saying if you give the president $2,700, then we probably should make the same for the governor. The, gov- the, the president appoints people uh, to ambassadorships and, and to prominent positions uh, in his cabinet. And, and uh, so that was the thinking that uh, if somebody wants to pursue one of these positions, it shouldn't be based on how much money. But uh, I think the, the evidence is, is overwhelming. Uh, if you look at uh, the Board of Regents at Tech or at A&M or UT, uh, most of those folks have given sizable contributions uh, to, to governors over the years. Uh, and there's not too many laymen uh, that uh, are appointed those positions, even though they apply. And the same for Parks and Wildlife. I think the Parks and Wildlife uh, Board is called the Billionaires Club. And if you give, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, then you're uh, you're anointed as a commissioner of Parks and Wildlife. And that's not the way it should work. And I guarantee, if Wendy Davis was the governor right now, every Republican in the House and the Senate be tripping over themselves. Uh, to eliminate this this issue, uh, and so if it's a governor of our party, we're supposed to look the other way. You know that's not how I was brought up. You know you call balls and strikes and foul balls uh, based on what you see on the field. And uh, I think the governor took exception of it. He got involved in my campaign. Uh, he he, he uh, endorsed my opponent. Gave one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in in the campaign. primary. Yeah, in the primary, he had mm-hmm. campaign ads saying I was liberal. Well, if liberal is reeling in a practice that's been going on for decades, uh, and it's uh, unacceptable to every Texan outside of Austin that this practice uh, takes place, uh, if that's liberal, uh, then I don't know what the governor is. Well, because so- I, I, I'll stand behind that we should do this, regardless of Republican or Democrat. This is a nonpartisan issue. This uh, cuts at the core of people having respect uh, in the integrity of government if you can buy a position it's wrong and i agree with george it is uh, understood that if you give large contributions to governors there's usually uh, some some payoff and i I just think it's wrong Uh, this is lyle larson state representative out of san antonio making time and this has i mean george mcmahon in this situation and to his credit mark mcdougall former mayor backing out of the same event uh, it's cotton. It's caught attention down even into Houston. It's it's caught up on statewide right now. 
what's going on but this one i want to ask you lyle larson so you put the cap at if you give more than 2700 dollars, you can't be appointed by the governor which whenever i look at numbers let me go on a little a little riff here uh tech you look at some of these regents they're reaching at like 600 700 dollars some of them 270 between rick perry and greg abbott over the years but that is that's pennies well i shouldn't say pennies that's not a lot of money compared to what's going on at a and m and ut but you've got this situation that pops up in lubbock so whenever you saw this stuff breaking out of lubbock last week and that the governor was in quite a bit of trouble with this fundraiser what was your initial reaction were you sitting out there i think i tweeted at one point lyle larson must be sitting out on his porch with a whiskey looking up towards a cap rock grinning saying i told you so was that your was yeah that your... I, I saw that and that was that was good humor i don't wear slippers but i was probably <laughs> drinking a libation and having a cigar looking at the cap rock because you were square on the point so you were but you didn't, you didn't have on slippers if it's right for if, 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 if it's right or wrong and i just think that uh, $2,500 a year before someone's appointed or the whole time they serve. You know, they could have gave, you know, $500,000 two years before. But I think that uh, the reality is uh, this system is uh, is there whether you want to uh, want to deny it or not. I think every governor has used this vehicle to raise money. And, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, really uh, burned, uh, burned me, and, and it was not the governor getting involved in my primary because, uh, I think the, that uh, you know he uh, he should have he should have showed more character than getting involved because of this issue. But he also vetoed a series of bills that had profound impacts on water in the state of Texas, dealing with brackish water with uh, with a, a lot of bills that I had uh, co-authored with uh, Senator Perry. And it's just unfortunate that uh, he took took this angle at it. And I you know I don't hate the governor. I just hadn't found anybody that I like less at this point. No, you say character. That's pretty strong terminology there. Yeah, I just uh, I, I I believe that uh, any citizen in the state of Texas should be eligible to serve on a board of regents or the Parks and Wildlife Commission or any of these prominent roles. If they're qualified, they should be uh, looked at, not based on how much they give to a campaign. And like I said, I never made it about uh, Governor Abbott. I said that this is a uh, this is a systemic problem that we've had for decades in the governor's office, and if we want to talk about ethics reform, this should be front and center. This should be the first one, and uh, unfortunately, uh, it passed out of the house. Uh, the, the Senate, uh, the uh, well, it, not, uh, it didn't just pass out of the house. It passed ninety-one forty-eight. I see Frulo among the yays. People who ask, how did we get to this point? Uh, asking about this regent situation well here we got law larson and you know john frulo must be smirking somewhere saying you know this very problem i went to bat on and it could have cost me a primary challenge against the governor but he still voted for it uh and it didn't didn't see the light of the day in the senate i think people who understand texas politics understand why it didn't given the uh at the hip uh political juncture that uh dan patrick and greg abbott have but it didn't it didn't see a lot it passed overwhelmingly out of the house 
And, you know, it's just unfortunate. Now, like I said, you explain to any forum in Texas about what the pay-for-play bill is, it just makes sense. Uh, and uh, like I said, we'd be intolerant if there was a, a governor of the other party that was doing this. And we would we'd pass this bill uh, in a heartbeat in the House and the Senate if the Republicans controlled it. But I just think that uh, uh, hopefully the governor's office, uh, they get over whatever issue they had uh, and that we can work at that something. And maybe we raise the threshold. Maybe it's 5000 Maybe it's 10000 uh, or whatever What's that the max, though? For people to give hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars to the governor, and then they are then they are appointed to these prominent positions. I think the optics are horrible, and I just think it undermines the integrity of our our, our whole uh, governing system. Or those who bundle, or those who have family members who throw in a lot more. I think that that those are considerations too. But in your mind, Lyle Larson, where's the line? You yourself give how much money uh, you said 27 <coughs> excuse me based on federal statutes but what are you willing to negotiate towards 10,000 50,000 yeah I, I think that I'm open and I've had members uh, that voted against it uh, uh, walked up and said you know we like the concept but that threshold too low and my point is 2,500 you know, the feds uh, all the federal candidates can get 2,700 dollars you can't give them any more, and you can be appointed uh, to prestigious positions. Why are we? Uh, why are we? We doing this? We're selling out the the power of government uh, to the highest bidder. And, and, but does and it to just, you? It's not. It, it's not. It's not the sitting governor. This is the ongoing practice, yeah. and we should we should figure it out. I mean, my point is, it should be based on the merit of the individual. It, there should be no consideration based on the dollars they give no uh, to a sitting governor. Okay. So, is, so is it is it in your mind that if you're putting up that much money uh, to be appointed to a position, you expect to recoup that money? Is that fair to say on behalf of Lyle Larson, or do you feel differently? No, I think that you know George had it right out there that uh, if if you want to serve George McMahon, uh, on, right? If mm-hmm. George uh, George had it right, he said this is there's a pay for play system and. Whether the governor it, it disjoints his nose or whatever, uh, I think that he understands it, and I think everybody that has been in the political world for the last uh, three or four decades understands it. And if we want to correct this, uh, both real and perceived, then we should pass a bill, uh, you know, putting some kind of threshold on it. But George, the only thing he did was speak the truth, and uh, he was admonished, and uh, he was he was cast away because the governor didn't like to have it. I'm, Sorry, on this issue, the emperor has no clothes yeah. because nobody around him is telling him we should work on this issue. Because when we lose control of this state, whether it be uh, 2022 or 2026, and the, there's a sitting Democratic governor, we're going to rue the day. You really that think we did not fix this? We did not fix it when we had control. You really and, think and, and that I, it's coming within that range? Within two well, years. you look at the you look at the the major urban uh, corridors and the growth that they're expecting. You look at the demographics; uh, it could come as quick as that. I mean, I think there's going to be uh, a uh, there's going to be a shift. We're going to see it in November. Uh, if you look at the the wave and the number of people that both the Republicans, uh, I mean, the polling that's on the ground now uh, with with sitting senators and sitting representatives. Uh, in, in, in the Metroplex area as well as 
uh, in uh, some of the areas in and around Houston. I mean, it's a little scary. I mean, uh, the, the displacement where Republicans can lose. And that's what they did in Virginia. What they did was they started running people at the state level, uh, at, the, at the state representatives and some of the local positions in areas that traditionally didn't, didn't vote for a Democrats. They'll get that vote out. And that's how they start dragging down the statewide. Hmm. They did it uh, successfully uh, in Virginia, and uh, that's the model they're deploying in Texas. So we're fighting am- amongst each other. We got a, a governor attacking me and another representative in the Republican primary. And over the horizon, you know, uh, those folks uh, are, are, are fighting in their uh, fighting in their guns uh, when, when we run in November. It makes no sense. And I, I think this issue should be resolved before the Republicans lose control. We always pride ourselves about being the reform party, but when it comes to something uh, that would be counter to the personal interests of individuals, we back off. I think that's complete BS. We need to fix this while we have control, and I think people expect us to fix stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, Lyle Larson, as we close off with you, just to summarize, uh, it passed House, didn't see the light of day in Dan Patrick's Senate, and then you got some unexpected well, uh, what many people would say inexplicable vetoes, and then you got a primary opponent. I want to ask you this. Do you intend to take this back up again in the next session? I, I, I do. I, I don't think anybody's in, in the House uh, have backed down from the position that uh, we took, at least the 91, and hopefully some of those other folks come in. But I want to sit down with the governor's staff and and negotiate if there's a higher threshold that this is the way we gotta get past but it, it shouldn't be a uh, hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars it should be closer to the twenty five hundred dollars uh that uh we had in the original bill but i'm open to it and if there's other things that they want to negotiate but just to admonish us and then to run and, and to, to, to threaten us you know i don't think that uh, the peer-based uh, leadership is inspiring. I think they need to come with new ideas uh, and come with optimism. We've seen a lot of negativity, and they they run uh, the state based on fear of their attackers. It's a six hundred dollar a month job, Jay. If you don't have conviction to do the right Your thing, job. you shouldn't be in often. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this: in state, what state representatives get like seventy five hundred dollars a year or something like that? I wish they. You know, look, it's, so this one I'll close out with you on. There's an old term. I don't care if it hair lips the governor. Will you hair lip the governor first? Has there been any other region uh, that has hair lip the governor that you've seen like the Yano, West Texas, the Lubbock area? Not yet. You know, I, I, nobody's uh, nobody's gone after him because, and I think for good reason. Uh, the, the reason that uh, the people in West Texas are upset, but I, I just hope that the, the governor sees it uh, and from a broader context. And but right I, now, so, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think he sees it. Okay, so, but let me say now. This is my last final question. What do you think the retro? So you received plenty of retribution through the vetoes and through a primary opponent. What do you think? What do you think? the Lubbock area, the Yano could see as retro do you think the Yano will see retribution from the governor based upon the events over the last week or two? Well, I sure hope not. You know, I hope but do you uh, think they will 
in well, your experience? I, it, obviously, if, if they're very sensitive about comments that legislators make, and so based on what's being said, uh, obviously uh, that's been uh, their uh, their modus operandi that they they try to try to attack people. So like, we well, could I get the Larson to... treatment up here. Yeah, my mom was uh, my mom's second generation Scottish. My dad's second generation Norwegian and. Norwegian Scots, we've been dragging weak-minded kings out of castles for centuries, Jay. <laughs> Did you just call Greg Abbott a weak-minded king? I said, no, I didn't say specifically Greg Abbott. I'm just saying, okay. right. what courses through my veins, uh, this is what we do. This is why we're setting in, set in positions like this, so yep. not to take any BS. Uh, from people there you go i think that sentiment is shared up here hey great interview and hope that we can have you back on and talk about water and things that actually matter lyle larson thank you for taking time i appreciate it all right every once in a while you come into radio gold and that was some i can't imagine daniel are yeah he's already grinning the verticals that we're going to put up on social media from that interview are going to be solid gold weak-minded kings wow uh get back in our friend scott braddock uh, we lost the audio we pre-recorded yesterday lost the audio love scott braddock and i think you'll like hearing from him when we come back right here on hey it's what you pay for which is nothing but you still need to go see our advertisers and we got some of those coming up sick right here with us with some hank williams jr on the other side of texas Hey, welcome back in. Want to get into our segment with Scott Braddock. Got some texts to get to afterwards. Scott Braddock brings you some of the best political The news. other side of Texas not, is Not spot. yet. Not yet, Daniel. Okay. Uh, get you in with some pre-recorded that we did with Scott Braddock. Hey, he was traveling. And where was he? It was like in Vegas or something. So we had to do this early. Wanted to get you in with Scott Braddock. Those of you who are new listeners of the program, maybe you've come in through Rager Gate or regent gate we try to i i'm gonna the way i know a lot of you have expressed to me concern about my own personal safety (laughs) and i appreciate that but i've got the kimbers uh to back it up uh, and the facts and uh i I appreciate that but i straight i straight shoot you on politics i'm a west texican i'm I'm not a devotee of i think honestly you look at my voting record i vote republican uh, but I'm not a devotee of either party via 2018. And uh, we do the same sort of work on politics that we do with these issues that might have brought you here. Uh, this interview, Scott Braddock will show that just as well. Uh, appreciate him being a part of the program each week. Without further ado, here we go. The Other Side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horden, Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Every week, we get what's going on in Texas with Scott Braddock of the Quorum Report. We call it braddock on texas how you doing scott braddock leeson on the other side of texas i'm well sir how are you oh look i had just to delve into some issues i know you've got scoop on this stuff but 
I oh, go had, for it. I had Beto O'Rourke on the show, and it was a great 40-minute yeah. conversation. And he, there All weren't right. any places he wasn't willing to go. But I, right in the middle, I asked him the most pertinent question, and it was, how can you win when mm-hmm. your base is, mo- is, by and large, white liberals in college towns who hate <laughs> Donald Trump? Yes. This cannot be, I mean, outside of the traditional Democratic base, if that's what you got, then you're going to have problems. And for him to delve into, mm-hmm. the more ideological things become, I think the more it helps Ted Cruz in the third yeah. rail right now is the NFL. Tell us what yeah. O'Rourke's doing about the NFL and kneeling, what he has to say. <laughs> Well, a lot of folks have seen this viral video. It was viewed many, many times uh, across Twitter. I think it was uh, retweeted uh, more than 100,000 times instantly when it came out, something like that, uh, maybe approaching 200,000 or something. But anyway, uh, it, you know, lots of people have seen this. And, of course, the liberal Hollywood uh, folks loved it. Ellen DeGeneres immediately said that she wanted to meet with him and, um, you know, other uh, liberal stars weighed in and said, you know, this is real leadership. This is what our future can be, uh, which, of course, those are exactly the endorsements you want when you're running statewide in Texas. Um, The video is a four minute answer to a question uh, that uh, occurred during one of these town halls, one of the many town halls that O'Rourke does uh, around the state as he's on his traveling road show. All to 254 counties. How many times have we heard that? Um, and uh, a young man in the audience asked a question um, about the protests happening during these NFL games during the national anthem. And the young man asking the question, uh, by the way, did not sound liberal, sounded like uh, somebody who was upset about it and said that he found it disturbing that um, these uh, players are, in his estimation, um, disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the anthem sort of echoing the comments of President Trump. Uh, and O'Rourke said, after you know talking about the history of uh, civil rights and talking about the fact that you know when you do a protest, the whole point is to uh, you know do it in a disruptive way, but a civil way. Uh, you do you know you do protests uh, you know in a place where people are and maybe they aren't they're not expecting a protest. Uh, well, these NFL players uh, you know kneeling, uh, to draw attention to the injustice, uh, as they see it, of uh, young African Americans uh, being uh, shot uh, many times by uh, law enforcement. Of course, President Trump said they ought to be fired. Um, and O'Rourke said he could think of nothing more American than, you know, civil uh, uh, civil protest uh, and pointing to this. And, and by the way, in a very Barack Obama sort of way, talked a lot about how you know, reasonable people can disagree about this issue. Um, well, problem with that is that most Texans do not feel this way. I checked in with uh, University of Texas uh, Politics Project uh, Director Jim Henson, and I said, "Do you have?" I, I said, "Jim, do you have any polling on the specific question of what Texans think about uh, O'Rourke and what he has to say about this?" And he didn't. However, he did have a lot of numbers. We posted them at QuorumReport.com that give very important context, including the fact that Texans agree. And by the way not just uh, Republicans, Texans at large mostly agree with what President Trump has said about this, which is it's disrespectful. Uh, And of course, Ted Cruz jumps right on uh, and says that, uh, you know, there are things that he can think of that are more American, like giving your life for your country. Mm. Uh, Cruz at at an event in uh, Corpus Mm. Christi uh, talked about, uh, you know, visiting a military base and whenever the national anthem would play, even if uh, the soldiers are driving in their cars, they stop the car, get out, and stand up for the national anthem. 
Um, the Texans don't agree with O'Rourke on this. Uh, that's the bottom line, and I think it speaks to an overall problem for his campaign, which you and I have talked about before, and it, which you get right at with your question to him, which is, you know, if you're counting on the liberals to show up for you in November, you know, that's one way to campaign in Texas. It's just a losing way to win. And I, you know, I was talking <laughs> with some uh, Democrats. <laughs> it's a losing way to run. Um, so, you know, you have um, Democrats privately saying, look. The base of the Democratic Party, including a lot of those white liberals that you're talking about, they uh, are very fired up because they don't like President Trump and for a variety of reasons. Um, but the reality is that the base of the Republican Party, even though it may be uh, at this point uh, not nearly as excited as the Democrats, that's probably true. I think that that is true based on the evidence. Uh, but the base of the Republican Party is still at least three or four, maybe five points larger than the base of the Democratic Party. So no matter how fired up they are, there are fewer of them. Uh, and, you know, look, you have seen uh, a lot of coverage uh, over the last couple of weeks about just how liberal uh, Beto O'Rourke is. He, I mean, it, you have to approach this in a clear-eyed way. You know, there were headlines that, you know, you and I talked about previously where O'Rourke is counting on those moderates to come out and try to help him, uh, you know, win this election. There are a lot of people who are disenchanted with uh, Ted Cruz, as you know. Um, for a lot of reasons, a lot of those people who are Republicans uh, who are not thrilled about Cruz, um, but they're not liberals <laughs> either. But they're not right. But they're not liberals either, yeah. right? And so you know, when you look at some of these polls uh, that are coming out, in fact, there was a new one today uh, out from Emerson College that shows this as a one-point race. But the you know they have Ted Cruz at 38, O'Rourke at 37, uh, just nipping at his heels. Four um, percent saying they're voting for somebody else, with 21 percent undecided. You have to believe that a lot of that 21% is those Republicans who are just not excited about Cruz. And actually, I was looking back at the numbers from uh, the last analogous election, which would be the 2014 election, uh, the last non-presidential. Um, and uh, look, uh, John Cornyn, against four people, Senator Cornyn, uh, still got about 62% of the vote in Texas. And if you look at the statewide Republican results uh, you know, down the, down the list, um, they all got about 60%, right? Uh, you know, that's when, uh, you know, Wendy Davis loses uh, by 21 points. And so um, you have to believe that if Republicans statewide in Texas were carried by the strength of Cornyn in 2014, get to, you know, they get to about 62%, 60, you know, hovering right around 60. If it's closer this time around, it won't be because there's this surge of liberals in Texas who are all excited about Beto O'Rourke. It'll be because there are a lot of conservatives in Texas we're not that excited about Cruz. So if he well, comes, if you know, if Cruz comes in more like 55, 54, something like that, you'll know why. Yeah. So Scott Braddock here with us. The other part of the Emerson poll I want to get into, but set it up with this. Mm -hmm. um, lots of people fired up last week in Lubbock, and you know the governor came into town poorly attended, yeah. and and the governor just. A lot of people very suspicious right now, and lots of people. They asking, didn't want to see. <laughs> lots. lots <laughs> they didn't of, want to see the governor in Lubbock. <laughs> lots. Can't of, imagine it. Lots of people asking, "Well, who's running against him in November?" And I described right. Lupe Valdez, and they said, "Well, I guess I just won't vote in the governor's race because mm -hmm. it's it's such a bad deal." But that I say all that to draw out that Cruz on. The undecideds, I think, is got a lot of that in a different way. What's going on in Lubbock yep. with, with Abbott? But here's something. I'll draw another comparison in Lubbock. Cruz has 38 percent. This is the Emerson poll, you, Emerson mm -hmm. College poll. You decided Cruz has a 38 yep. percent favorable, 
and a 44% unfavorable compared to O'Rourke's 25% unfavorable, which makes me wonder who is more unfavorable right now in Texas uh, that, well, at least in West Texas, uh, Cruz or the Texas Tech Board of Regents? <laughs> well, it's uh, maybe they'll do a poll about that. It's very interesting, um, you know, to have uh, a governor who, across the state, is um, you know, Abbott is very popular, um, but yeah, he's done some things that that made some people very unhappy in various pockets uh, of the state. I think we talked about maybe last week mm-hmm. about. Uh, the fact that he had angered a lot of people um, in both San Antonio and in Houston. He had angered a lot of Republicans by sticking his nose in their uh, primaries back in March, and then the voters rejected his uh, decision, but there, or his, uh, you know, his advice to them, his unsolicited advice to vote out their state representatives. Um, but it is interesting. There's nuance to it because while the governor does some things that make folks angry, um, in these places, uh, all the polling suggests that he's still popular. It's just that a lot of uh, Republicans don't agree with specific decisions, specific things that he's done. Uh, I, I look, speaking of Cornyn, Cornyn on my Twitter pops up this morning that the U.S. and Mexico are approaching a, a NAFTA deal. Yes, the president uh, announcing that there is a trade deal uh, in the works with Mexico. That you know, there's a tentative deal. We'll see how this uh, works out exactly. Uh, but you know, we're talking about the North American Free Trade Agreement, which of course is uh, an agreement that was made with the United States, Mexico, and uh, what uh, Trump refers to as Snow Mexico up in uh, Canada. <laughs> um, he, you know, he, he has excluded. I, I, I can't take credit for that. Uh, it was actually. Uh, the Republican uh, uh, consultant Rick Wilson, who said that was pretty mm-hmm. funny. I was reading his book over the weekend. Um, but uh, look, if, if you look at um, the fact that you know Canada is excluded from this for you know for now, that's not helpful to the businesses that have Mexico, the United States, and Canada, uh, you know, as part of their uh, business strategy. Tech Association of Business this morning. Uh, put out uh, what could probably be called cautious uh, optimism, you know, as far as their statement. Uh, they said that, and this is Jeff Mosley, the, the CEO over at uh, the TAB, he said, we'd like to urge the administration to continue to work with Canadian officials to solidify their support for the full renewal of a, a trilateral agreement between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. I'll also have you listen closely to this, Jay Leeson. Quote, we appreciate the continued work of the Texas Congressional Delegation led by Senate Finance Trade uh, Subcommittee Chairman John Cornyn and House Ways and Means Chairman Kevin Brady. No mention of the junior senator in this statement mm. of praise. Mm. Uh, Mosley said, quote, we know that they will do all they can to ensure a, failed, a fair deal for Texas business. And I'd like to point out here that um, I attended uh, a hearing that was held by Chairman Cornyn in San Antonio, which of course is where NAFTA was uh, signed years ago, um, you know, what, whatever it was, 25, 26 years ago at this point. And, um, uh, you know, he was bringing uh, various business interests, including uh, TAB, including, uh, you know, the Farm Bureau, um, the Texas Oil and Gas Association, and others, auto manufacturers, and, and, and other folks. Uh, Cornyn brought all these business folks to San Antonio to hold a hearing on what he called. Uh, the modernization of NAFTA, because you know, look, a, a realist can say that something that was uh, signed, you know, all those years ago, needs to be updated. Uh, but while Cornyn was doing the work, once again, Cornyn doing the work of trying to, you know, improve something um, that uh, has been on balance, has been good for Texas. Um, you know, even though I know you and others have had some questions about, you know, trade policies, of course, and that uh, you know leads to some support for President Trump. Um, but but bottom line is. Cornyn doing the work 
to try to make something work, uh, while uh, the senator who's uh, on the ballot in November really hasn't been engaged in this at all. Well, so Brad, tell me this. Mm-hmm. I've been I've had my head so far in Regent Gate and Rager Gate. Yes, I, that, I wasn't going to say it. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> I've noticed. I mean, for months and months now, Mike Collier, who's a Democrat, running yeah. for a former uh, former Republican. Listeners can go back mm-hmm. and listen to an extensive interview we did with Collier. And you can also Google where I've challenged the lieutenant governor to come west of I-35 and debate debate me on vouchers. But uh, he what said, is the website to get the, those those podcasts? Where do you go? Just other side of Texas, or you can go to. I'm writing it down. SoundCloud. Yeah. Other side of Texas. Dot com. Yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, for months and months. Shameless plug. Shameless yeah, plug. It's, it's all right. It's what we do here. Uh, <laughs> tell the truth and do shameless plugs. Uh, mm-hmm. But call your calling for Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor, to debate him. And then the other day, yeah. in the flurry of other Rager Gate, Regent Gate stuff, I see something <laughs> pop up that says that Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick will debate. And then yeah. it said dot, 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 Geraldo <laughs> Rivera. What's yes. going on there? Well, of course, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick was on Fox News Channel because, of course, he was, uh, and he was talking about the case of this uh, young woman uh, very tragically murdered in Iowa uh, by an undocumented immigrant, and uh, he, Patrick was talking about the fact that, you know, in Texas we've taken, you know, in his estimation, we've taken steps to try to keep stuff on, like this from happening, like banning sanctuary cities, like spending $800 million every two years on border security. Um, and as Mike Collier has been calling uh, for a debate between the two people actually running to preside over the Texas Senate, himself and Patrick. Uh, Patrick, at the end of the interview, and we posted this on um, on Quorum Report, and of course you can Google it on YouTube or whatever, you can see uh, Patrick uh, giving this very um, emotional uh, take on what happened with this uh, young woman, Molly Tibbetts, mm-hmm. uh, in Iowa. And it is just a horrible story. Um, and, uh, you know, Patrick, uh, you know, uh, says that he can only imagine what it was like for her in her final moments and all of this. And uh, he says, quote, this is a young lady whose name was Molly Tibbetts, and I can only imagine the fear in her eyes, her heart beating in terror as her life was taken away. Nobody does outrage better than Patrick. He also quoted from the Clint Eastwood movie, Unforgiven, saying once you kill someone you take everything they have and everything they're gonna have everything was taken from her he said the blood is on chuck schumer's hands and every democrat and every republican who won't change the rules what he was saying is that they ought to change the rules in washington to get around the democrats uh to fund a border wall uh and then almost sort of randomly um but but uh, i say randomly but <laughs> very specifically called out uh, Geraldo Rivera as somebody who's soft on the issue and said he would love to debate him anytime, anywhere. Um, th- there has been some chatter about whether this was sort of a setup kind of thing. I, I-, I won't go that far. Uh, but uh, but Patrick, you know, calls out Geraldo on this show on Fox News Channel. Uh, then he then Patrick's campaign tweets out that he wants to debate him, and not just you know like a seven minute uh, you know satellite interview from Houston. No, uh, Patrick wants to fly to New York City sit on the stage with Geraldo and, you know, maybe have Sean Hannity uh, moderate the debate. I hadn't seen if there was an update on that yet, if Hannity uh, is going to moderate that or not. Uh, if he's not available, maybe you could do it or I could do it, Jay Lee, and somebody in Texas media uh, could moderate the debate. Um, but uh, Patrick says he's, he's happy to go do that, and he's only going to do it if he can go there and be on stage with the guy. Uh, and in the meantime, 
Collier's off, uh, you know, on the on the sidelines of this thing, saying, "What about me? I'm the actual guy running." Um, let's keep this in perspective. Uh, back in 2010, Governor Perry uh, did not debate his opponent for governor. And by the way, if you ask people who he was running against, I bet you most people would not know that the answer was former Houston Mayor Bill Wyatt. Uh, and of course. Uh, Perry stomped him, uh, and um, you know you'd expect the same sort of thing if, uh, as we were talking earlier, if uh, you know if the statewide, uh, statewide Republican candidates in Texas all perform at about the same level in November, uh, folks won't really remember who Mike Collier was either. Um, but um, it's you know Patrick's good at this stuff. Uh, I mean he's good at media. You know former radio talk show host and all of that uh, has been described as a shock jock. Although it's not 1985, so I wish people would retire that term uh but uh immigration is a good issue for patrick it has been uh, remember in 2014 uh, during the general election patrick's campaign was running television ads that suggested that isis fighters were coming across the border from mexico to kill you and your family it was all part of a winning strategy well it is it is a win i will say this i don't <clears throat> i think that patrick's going to be surprised at how many people are actually thinking about the foundation school program for example or thinking about real day-to-day issues but it is smart to take a hot issue and then okay you want yeah. a debate then i'll make it reality <laughs> television and and we'll have a debate and we'll mm-hmm. find we'll find somebody who most texans don't ascribe to uh don't much appreciate and uh and i'll just raise cane about it you know it, it, it seems like that's pretty smart from the patrick end yeah, and it was reminiscent of uh, when Patrick agreed to debate Julian Castro back when he was mayor of uh, mm-hmm. San Antonio uh, back in 2014. Uh, they debated about immigration in San Antonio, uh, and it played out in much the same way. You can still find the YouTubes of Patrick standing outside the Alamo challenging Castro to debate him about immigration. Eventually, they did. Um, and, it, uh, you know, again, it just takes the person out of the mix who's actually on the ballot in November. And the other big thing that we're not saying, of course, is that if they have this debate, on Fox News Channel, 30 minutes on national television. It's not just national television. Of course, we're part of that. You know, our 22 or so media markets, uh, he would be uh, on for 30 minutes without his Democratic opponent uh, on screen uh, with him. So this is one of those races and probably most of the races uh, in Texas this year where uh, voters won't really get to sort of kick the tires on both of them and see uh, how they compare and contrast when they're uh, on stage together. Yeah, Scott Braddock, I I think, I I don't think, if I I would bet a triple, a triple Whataburger that... (laughs) Triple uh, meat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bet you a triple Whataburger that, uh, that Patrick would walk away from a Collier debate hurt. Uh, Collier knows these issues inside and out, and I think uh, probably would have higher, uh, lower unfavorables when it was done. Let's just say it that way to bring everything full circle. Well, there is no politician in the state who is better on his feet than Dan Patrick, I would say that. But to your point, the only thing that Patrick could do uh, to himself is harm by being on stage with Mike Collier. So that's, uh, that's valid. Well, he is Scott Braddock, quorumreport.com, scottbraddock.com, at Scott Braddock on Twitter. Every Monday, Braddock on Texas. Thank you, partner. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Yeah, and of course, we didn't get with him on a Monday, but he bring him to you on a Tuesday here on the other side of Texas. Stick right with us here. Going to get into some notes that you need to know as the beat goes along. It's all a blur. Only Tuesday. Uh, 
tell you what's coming up on the program, what you can expect in the news, views, and issues on the other side of Texas. Howdy, Jay. West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots. Jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots, and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at FlintHat.com. Smile, it's gonna be okay. Jason White Dentistry, the West Texas way. Smile and time, that's how it's done. We treat you like you're the only one. Your peace of mind is our state of mind. We wanna get to know you and smile at a time. Blue Collar Bill here. For 20 years, West Texas Accessory Depot has been Lubbock's place for toolboxes, grill guards, power inverters, and everything I need to make my rig work for me. And now Accessory Depot is a licensed Stanley Black & Decker wholesaler, so I can get my DeWalt, Porter Cable, and Proto work tools with 80's great customer service at cheaper prices than the box stores. They're a one-stop shop for a full truck outfit from toolbox to tool out. Give West Texas Accessory Depot a call today at 806-866-9494. That's 806-866-9494. Or go see them at 7405 82nd, just west of Valencia, or at WTAccessoryDepot.com. That's WTAccessoryDepot.com. When you're best friends with the founder of the Lubbock County Militia, you get your own radio show. It's the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. One night in Kansas City, after we had played the show, shots rang out as I stumbled home. So I hit behind the dumpster. Hey, we close out this edition by thanking Lubbock File Room for being proud sponsors of Other Side of Texas. Lubbock File Room providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate call lubbockfileroom.com at 806-744-7666 that's 806-744-7666 gotta close out proud we're, we're proud to support our public school it's family fun night or something and i gotta go i gotta get home great school great family and i'm just believing above average dinner waiting for me i want to thank you for tuning in this edition coming up uh, the rest of this week you are going to get a full spiel of some exclusive brought to you by this program other side of texas where you can't hear it anywhere else some exclusive audio of the Ragergate situation if you're going to hear that here and you'll also get some ross ramsey uh, in the next episode Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Text Tribune. Get in deep with him. He is my my political counselor. I've heard people say, 
you know, with regards to things that we put up over the past couple of weeks, especially with Regent Gate, that, you know, we don't trust politics. This is why politics are so seedy. But let me just take a moment and pontificate and tell you that unless good people, when good people stay on the sidelines, nothing changes. And I think that we're on the verge of a great amount of change with regard to Regent Gate and with regard to these regents. Stick with us. And you like what you see, share it. Keep people aware. And that democracy in this representative government will work out over time. Uh, Lyle Larson said as much earlier, state representative. I want to thank Lyle Larson and Scott Braddock being a part of this program as we continue to bend the mold and rave on here on AM 580 Lubbock and then on our Apple podcast at other side of Texas subscribe and then tell your friends that they need to do so as well or just steal their phones from them and go and and subscribe in the podcast good things happen here always a pleasure to be with you each and every weekday here on the other side. Take care. We'll see you next time right here on the other side of Texas. It's who we want.